What's up, Hyperfast Agent Nation? On this episode of the show, I've got an amazing guest. He has led his team to double-digit percentage growth during the lockdowns, the pandemic, all of that stuff that's going on. So we're going to talk about mindset, what he's doing to win listings at a higher percentage, and how he's going to do over 200 transactions this year. Welcome to the show, Michael Gillis. Welcome to the Hyper Fast Show, where we believe unlimited growth in business and life is created by surrounding yourself with people who have been where you are going. Learning from others allows you to compress time and grow hyper fast. And now, here are your hosts, Kerry Shaw and Dan Lesniak. Kerry and Dan are real estate developers, best-selling authors, billion-dollar agents, and million-dollar agent makers. And now, get ready to grow hyper fast. Welcome to the show, Michael. How are you doing today? What's up, man? I'm doing good. I'm going to the beach tomorrow, so I'm I'm doing real good. Always good to get out in the sunlight, get that vitamin D. It's you know, yeah. really really important, uh, but not talked about a lot for our immune system. Yeah. That's that's not the topic we're here today to talk about your real estate business and get into what you do to really crush it on the listing presentations because those you know those leads are gold you don't want to lose any of them but before we dive into that why don't you tell the folks out there listening watching uh who you are a little bit of your background and and how you got into real estate and what you're doing today sure so um i run a uh team in stafford virginia just a little south of you guys kind of an accidental agent when I, so I went to, I went to UVA and I graduated. I went to work for a, a wholesale mortgage company and things were great, like really great for two or three years until just everything totally crashed. And I bounced to a couple other companies and, uh, and that was just a mess. And my parents had a growing real estate business. And so I came to work with them for what was supposed to be, you know, a temporary thing until I until I figured something else out or went back into the mortgage business. And I think that was 12 or 13 years ago. And since then, you know, we've gone from the three of us, which is cool. You know, we, uh, we like the fact that, that we get to work with family, but then now we've got all sorts of other folks, listing agents and buyer agents and staff and, and everything. So it's, it's grown a lot since then, but, uh, but yeah, the, the path in was a little bit crazy. I got my license in 2008 and everyone in my office said I was crazy. I had no <laughs> idea why I was doing it, but it worked out all right. So temporary, it's 12 years now. Are, are you still looking for another another <laughs> job or position? Unless unless somebody's going to pay me to go down to the Keys and, and fish. Uh, no, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm in it. I think my, I think my favorite part now is, is, actually seeing things grow, you know, taking new agents on and taking them from, from nothing to, you know, 30, 35 sides a year. And, uh, so that's, that's what I'm into now. No, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing how many people accidentally get into this business and then you look back and it's been like a decade or or more and just like, wow, can't imagine doing anything else but they got yeah. they got there by accident real estate's interesting 
you know, like that for sure. What, what kind of size is your team now? What kind of volume are you guys doing? And, and with the coronavirus, the pandemic and all of that, yeah. where, do you think, where do you think you'll end up in 2020 compared to 2019? So let's see if I can get this right. My, uh, my folks that I mentioned, my, my mom is sort of our managing broker over our office still. Uh, my dad was an appraiser, and so he does a lot of, a lot of the pricing behind the scenes sort of stuff. Uh, we've got one other listing agent. I do quite a few of the listings for our team. We've got one other listing agent. And then, uh, I think right now we're at six buyer agents and we're trying to, we're trying to bump that up by, by the end of the year to help us hit our, hit our production goals. Last year, I think we ended at 179 sides. And, uh, and this year we're, we're, we're trying to hit 200. We're we're gonna be we're gonna be close on that. Um, we're dealing with some of the same inventory stuff that everybody else is, but we've we've pushed through pretty well, and we're we're making a big push for the end of the year. So, two hundred, I think, is is the number. So that's yeah, that's like a double digit percentage increase in the middle of you know a pandemic, where you, yeah. you got you got showing restrictions, sellers not wanting to put their homes on the market. And, in some cases and despite all of that you guys are up how how is that possible like for you know people out there may wonder like how are you up when the sky is falling i don't know i mean we we just try not to use it as an excuse you know so i mentioned in in 08 when when the sky was falling you know we sort of you know turned into the skid and increased our advertising and took a ton of market share back then when everybody else was, I mean, how many agents got out of the business in a couple of years after that? And so we just try to look at that the same way. There's always an opportunity, you know, even if things are, are kind of ugly, you know, we had some agents on our team with, you know, with some pre-existing health concerns. And so we had some of our folks that were out of the game for a little while, but, you know, we're, uh, we've hired, you know, over the last six months and we've got those folks that are, that are jumping in and, and they're productive, they're closing deals. And, uh, and we just increased our advertising um, by quite a bit, almost doubled it. And so, you know, it's, it's just that idea of, of there, there's opportunity in, in anything. And, you know, if it's, if the market's great, that's great. Take advantage of it. But, you know, if there's, if there's something ugly, you know, like what we, what we've been dealing with, there's, there's still opportunity there. You know, we may not be at the number that, that I thought we'd be at in January, but at the same time, you know, we can, I think we can still, we can still grow. We can still push it. It's all about mindset. You know, if you're convinced that the, uh, that the market's just going to take you over and, you know, and well, woe is me. There's nothing I can do about it. Everybody's in the same boat. That's where you're going to end up, you know, but if you, if you analyze your numbers and, you know, try to try to figure out where the opportunity is, it, it's there somewhere. Yeah. I, I agree completely. You know, we've, we've seen a dramatic increase in our business and other, other businesses, you know, of agents like you that, that we coach. So I've, I've seen other people do it and, you know, I, I do think mindset is like the, the biggest factor, right? That's, yeah. you know, you got to know your numbers, you gotta, you gotta look for the opportunities, but really the biggest thing is, is just have the mindset that you're going to, you're going to find the opportunity, find how to get it done, find, find the way. So let's, let's talk about that for a second. Like what, 
what specifically, you know, do you think it is about mindset and, 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 you know, what was it like for you kind of going through March, April and deciding to buckle down and, and hire more and, and increase your marketing? Like, what was that process like? Was it, was it just already there and you knew you were going to do that? Or did you kind of have to, you know, pause for a second, go, oh shit, and then kind of figure it out or, or what, you know, how did, how did that work for you? No, I mean, so your, your, your mindset is, is, it's, it's a choice you're going to make every single day. Right. And you're going to have, you're going to have some bad days mixed in there. And when a lot of this started to hit, there was a ton of questions that we couldn't answer. And, you know, so to be honest, I, I think we might've made a little bit of a mistake. We, we took some of our advertising, we backed off on it because, you know, it was longer term stuff and we didn't know what was going to happen. And then, you know, as we got into the next couple of months, you know, we, we looked at where we were and we said, well, I mean, we're, we're still tracking really well, you know, and, and all things considered, you know, we, we should be making a push. And, and we looked back at, at our past experience and so we've done this before, you know, there's, there's no reason why we can't push through this. And a lot of it was messaging, you know, your, the mindset that you as an agent have, has. Um, you're, I mean, you're going to, that's going to rub off on your clients. So if your mindset is, you know, man, this is really bad. There's no opportunity to, to sell homes. Buyers are scared. You know, we, you know, I just, I just don't know what's going to happen. Then your sellers are going to take that cue directly from you. Whereas the other way to go is to say, Hey, look, you know, we've bought uh, every, bottle of hand sanitizer that we can find. We've got booties for people's <laughs> shoes. We're providing gloves and masks and we're doing everything that we can. And then looking at the numbers, you know, Hey, Mr. Seller inventories, inventory is down. I think it was like 26% in April, something like that. You know, there's a huge opportunity here for you that, uh, you know, that, that wasn't there a couple of months ago. Let's take advantage of it. And, you know, if, if you've got a team too, there's, there's a lot that goes into that because your team is going to take their cues from you. You know, if you say, Hey guys, we're going to back off on things. We're going to chill out. We're just going to see how this happens. That's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to say, okay, I don't need to be as diligent on my calls. I'm not going to follow up with some of those people. I'm not going to push as hard. Whereas if you say, Hey, did you have goals at the beginning of this year? Yeah. All right. Are you going to hit them? You know, yes or no. You know, why not? you know, or, or where are you? And I think as, as a team leader, if you can, if you can help them get through that, help them have that right mindset, instead of sort of pushing a, this uncertain, scared type of type of mindset, you know, it, it goes a long way. And that's, and that's not to say that, that if there's a legitimate concern, like I said, we had some health concerns on our, on our team and those people did take a step back. Right. But as a whole, our team, pushed forward through this and you know we're again we're we should be on track to beat to beat last year yeah i, I think there's a you know a lot of great points in there like the the people around you are are gonna like take cues from you especially ones that are looking to you for guidance and help so if you've got a prospect buyer seller and you, you come out of a place of fear and like i don't see how you'll be able to buy or sell a home right now. That's, that's, that's going to be exactly what they think or, or they'll leave and find someone that doesn't, doesn't have that, that 
that attitude, right? And and I think the your team members too are gonna take that cue. If you yeah, like a lot of brokerage and teams were like shutting down, not doing showings or this or that. And like if 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 you tell your you know your your company, your employees, your agents, like we can't sell a home right now, we can't list yeah. a home right now. Like they're that they're gonna come from that place of fear or or they're going to leave you as i mean so same same kind of deal, that's, the, right? that's the scarier part right i mean nobody wants to be around an environment that's full of negativity all the time right and you know i think i think part of that too is sometimes we need someone to get us out of our own head right if, if we're trying to lead a group of other people right i've got you know i've got you and carrie you know i've got you know i've got some other people that are able to pour a little bit of positive into me on some of those days where I'm like, shit, maybe the world really is falling, you know, or the sky is falling. And, you know, you, you need that person just like your team needs you to be that person. You need somebody to, to sort of say, Hey, let's, let's look at this realistically, right? Let's talk about this. It's, it's not falling. Here's, you know, here's a different way to look at it. And so I think, you know, team being a team leader in some ways, you can kind of be on an island if you're not careful. And having, uh, you know, having having that outside source, you know, to sort of whether it's push you or you know change your mindset or or you know pour into you a little bit is is big for me too. Yeah, I um, I, I think it's it's even more important when you're a broker team leader owner to to have the right mindset because it's you know when you're an individual agent it's you and your clients really that that your mindset yeah. affects which that that should be enough to like make you really want to work on having the right mindset right just the fact that you could be harming buyers and sellers but yeah it's, it's magnified even more you know when you, when you're like in your position because now your mindset's affecting your your clients the agents you know that that are on your team and, and their clients as well and and so there's just that much more responsibility and importance on this yeah and and that's that's something that that we laid out for our team you know when when a lot of this hit was hey guys you know my job is to make sure that that you guys are secure right and so you know these are the steps that we're taking. We're going to make sure that you're taken care of. We're going to keep the opportunities there for our staff. It was the same thing. You know, guys, business as usual. You know, we're, we're good. We've got you covered. And I think that can take a weight off their shoulders because it's, it's our responsibility, right? You know, I mean, we need, we need them to, to work hard and to do their job and do all those things. But I look at, I look at them as, you know, as part of our work family and, you know, it's, it's my responsibility to make sure that, that that stuff still works. No, I, I, I agree completely. Uh, mindset, you know, making sure you're putting your team members in the position to succeed is just so, so important. And, yeah. you know, my hat's off to, to people like you that are leading your team in the right direction, despite all of the uncertainty that's in the market. And, uh, you know, it's always going to be like that. Like there's just uncertainty and, and you yeah. got to deal with it. I think turn off, turn off the news and the negativity and, and focus on, 
you know, your people and, and the clients that you serve and how can you solve their problems? The, the, but the answer is out there. The solution's out there. You, you just got to find it, right? Like, you, you know, you can switch to virtual showings, open houses, come up with ways yeah. to, you know, follow the guidelines and still show homes. So there, there's ways to, to get it done. You just have to have the right conversations, look for the right solutions and have the attitude that, that you'll do it. It sounds some like of the, now, uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was, I was just going to say some of the one of the best pieces of advice I got from a coach a few years back was was just about kind of immersing yourself in the news. It's all bad. I mean, it's bad now, right, with the virus and everything. But it's always bad. And he asked me, he's like, he's like, well, do you like watching the news? I'm like, yeah, I like to know what's going on. And uh, well, how does it make you feel? I don't know, anxious, angry, you know, it nothing good. And so I, I pretty much cut it out, right? I, you know, I'll, I'll get word about what's going on from someone at the gym or, you know, from someone somewhere, if it's important enough, I'm going to hear something about it. And then I can go look for the info if I need to, but that's a huge part of what got a ton of negativity out of my head, you know, focus on, on what's, what's going to make a difference for our clients or our team members or whatever, and all the rest of that stuff somewhere else. It is interesting, like how much emotional energy people spend yeah. on, on things that they have absolutely no control over no control. and then, and then yeah. don't spend any time on the things that they can influence. So that's, right. And that's, I mean, that's the news in a nutshell, basically like nothing on yeah. there you can do anything about. Nope. No. And it's, you know, and I don't know, it's there. I, I feel, I feel so much calmer so much less anxious when, when I'm not just, you know, when I'm not diving into all that stuff. So, so it sounds, it sounds like, you know, you guys, you guys pushed through, had, you know, maybe looked up a month or two into the, the lockdowns and the, and the Corona and all that. And you're like, damn, things are, things are still chugging along at, at kind yeah. of the, the, the right level. Or was, was there a moment where you kind of were, were surprised that at, you know, how your team was doing, how, how your, your numbers were looking? I think, I mean, I, I think what did it was we looked at, at where we were, you know, next to where we were at the same time last year. And, you know, what was what were our days on market? What was that doing? You know, our leads coming in, what did that look like? And for the most part, everything looked good. You know, I mean, we could use, we could always use, more listings. And that's going to be the case in almost any market. But we uh, we do a lot of tracking. We track pretty much everything, and we've got you know some really beautiful spreadsheets that I don't make, but I like to you know I like to spend some time in. And when you when you have good tracking, you can look at that stuff, and you can you can do a year over year comparison, and you can really get a good idea on what those numbers look like. And if you've got access to to info like that, it tells you a lot. And we looked at it and we said, the only thing holding us back right now is us, you know? So we put money uh, back into marketing, uh, you know, again, a, a little bit that we pulled out and then we punched a whole lot more into it, right? So that's going to pay dividends, you know, the last quarter of this year, maybe a little bit the last four months of this year, but then it's going to position us for a whole lot bigger goal next year. And that's where the hiring comes from. And that's why we're trying to, trying to add in there. So I, I can't remember the moment, but I, I know that, that, you know, I followed that 
and and I kind of asked myself, well, what are we doing? You know, we're we're right on track with last year. We pulled back on some things that we shouldn't have, and we had multiple people that were out. You know, if that's if that's the case, we just need you know we need the people to handle the leads, and then let's add more let's add more of that marketing in, and you know, there's there's no reason why we can't grow. Well, that, that, you know, that also goes to show the value of checking in, of knowing your numbers yeah. and, and like where you're going to go and how you're going to get there is going to constantly be, be changing. So you got to, you got to develop the capability as, you know, first as a solo agent, then as an organization or team, like how do I analyze where I am and, and, yeah. and, and readjust to get to where I want to go. And, and the people that are, you know, the people that are the top athletes, top performers, like they're checking in more often. So, yeah, they're going to get and a lot of it is it, it could just be little incremental improvements. You know, it doesn't have to be this massive shift in something. You can see something in numbers that will tell you something that, you know, that doesn't seem like it's earth shattering. But, you know, if you if you improve a number of different metrics, just a few percent, the end result can you know can really can really surprise you yeah i i think um pat pat riley actually talked about about this uh in some of the championship teams that he built with yeah the lakers and miami and it was just this idea of if we can get one percent better in this category you know at rebounding one percent better at shooting and, yep you know the, the difference between making the playoffs and win, winning the championship is it's just you know we'll these little one to two percent changes in like you know five or six or seven categories, and putting them all together, it all adds up. And you know, it starts with knowing, knowing wow. your numbers and how to analyze where you are. I'm trying to think of. There's a book called Atomic Habits. I think the guy's name is. Oh, I'm going to get it wrong. I think it's James Clear. That might be wrong, um, but the book is is Atomic Habits, and it's uh, it's that same idea. And he gives these examples, and one is like the British cycling team where. You know, they made these little tiny incremental improvements and they went from sort of the laughing stock of, of the world. I don't follow cycling, but the laughing stock of the world to winning, you know, some huge, I don't know if it was the Tour de France or I, I don't know what it was, but, but something like that on, you know, on a, on a world level. Cool book. Yeah. Well, check, check that out if you're listening. Hey, hold that thought for a minute. Do you have a client that needs to buy or sell a home in the DMV area? then why not trust the highest selling team in the DMV, the Kerry Scholl team? We've helped thousands of buyers and sellers and would love to help your clients. And we guarantee we will save them time, money, and stress throughout the process. And they will be so grateful that you referred them to us. Go to kerryscholl.com to learn more. Again, that's kerryscholl.com to learn more about sending us your clients that need to buy or sell a home in the DMV area. That's carryshoal.com. Let's switch gears for a second. Talk about listings, converting on listings. Uh, yeah. you, you still do a lot of listing presentations. I'm sure when you go in, you're coming in from the position of like, okay, I'm the, I'm the team that's doing almost 200 deals a year. We've got a, B and C, right? We, we got all these you know, systems and great clients and, things we're going to do for you. So two questions. If you're the newer agent starting out, uh, how do I beat a guy like you in a listing presentation? And then my follow on to that is if you're the big agent, how do you not get beat by the, by the, the little guy in that scenario? Okay. So 
I think if, I think if you're the first agent where, you know, you're, you know, you, you don't have, you know, the, the 200 transaction number that you can throw out, or you don't have the, you know, $30,000 a month in, in advertising or whatever that number is, right. Um, there's always going to be somebody bigger. I think you've still got to take your cues from, from those bigger agents. I think too many agents go in and meet with a seller and they rely so much on, you know, their charm or their vision for the process or something like that. And I think the issue with that is that if you run into a, a seller that's a high D, they don't care. All they want to know is, is results, right? And you've, you've got you've to up your game a little bit. And one, know your numbers. You know, you, you may not sell as much as somebody else, but, you know, maybe your um, sold price to list price ratio is killer. Maybe your days on market are better than anybody. You know, maybe you have some small niche in something that you do really, really well that nobody else is going to talk about. Find a way to highlight that. When, uh, when you go into a listing, I think, I think what you have to realize is that in a lot of cases, if an agent or if a, uh, if a seller is meeting with three or four agents, which more and more sellers are these days, in a lot of cases, they're going to get the same presentation four times. Right. Unless somebody, you know, unless, you know, somebody like one of your listing agents goes in there, right. It's going to be something different. You've got to focus on what you do differently. Give them a reason to choose you, especially if you're up against somebody that has that team. And, uh, and so whether it's, you know, I'm trying to think of a, think of a good example. Um, maybe it's your follow-up plan, right. That's something that, that we go through with sellers, you know, Hey, did you know, MIT did a study that said that if you're able to contact a, uh, uh, a buyer that, um, that inquires on an online listing within five minutes, you've got a better than 90% chance of reaching them. Did you know that the national association of realtors says that um, almost 80% of online inquiries go completely unanswered, never get a phone call. That's not how I do business, right? Something as simple as that. And that MIT study is out there. Um, you, you know, you guys watching can, can go find it. There's, there's, some, there's some ways that you can really separate yourself. And then just because you're not a team doesn't mean that you don't have a team, right? You've got a title company, you've got a lender, you've got contractors, you've got, you know, maybe it's just a virtual assistant that helps you with things, whatever it is, you know, you, you have a team, you have a support team that, that you can call on and you can let the seller know how you leverage that to give them a better experience. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with all of those points. You know, I think, I think as the newer agent, if, if you're going up against more experienced ones, you know, you can, you can sell yourself, I think, and access to you a little bit, a little bit more typically yeah. than, than someone like, like, like you, right? Like if, if I was competing against you in a listing, you know, I would say like, look, I'm going to be able to respond to all your calls. You know, I'm, I'm not right. a, team leader that has like all these other people that you're going to have to deal with. So you're going to get me right. Like, I think that's a popular uh, way to do it. And another one I've seen work and that, that I used when I was starting out is like, you know, look, this, this, uh, this, you know, other seller, this more experienced or this other agent who's, you know, more experienced and been doing it for years. Like, 
they've sold a hundred homes in this area. If, if they mess, if they mess yours up, it's just going to be a statistical <laughs> blip and they're still going to be able to go out and get another deal. If, but if I mess up, you know, one of my first ones, like, like I'm done, I'll never, I'll never get, you know, another, another listing in here. So I've got a lot more at stake. Right? I, I, I've seen yeah. that work. I used to use it. Um, it. It works well, except if you're going up against our team. So, uh, <laughs> so any, anything else to kind of to add to like what this, you know, what, what the newer agent should be doing to, to beat out an experienced agent in a, um, listing, in a listing presentation. So I think that, and this, this will kind of tie into what I would say to, to the experienced agent, right. That might get every now and then an agent knows I got this, right. You know, I, this is my area. I know who I'm up against. I've totally got it. And then they lose it. And why did they lose it? I think a lot of it is because, uh, because that newer agent has, you know, they're not jaded yet. You know, they, they have more of a passion. They really, really, really want that listing. And I've won listings before just by, just by telling the person that I wanted it. You know, hey, look, you told me you had a bad experience with your last, with your last home sale. I want to show you that our entire industry is not like that, right? It can be completely different. I really want to give you that experience. Give me a chance to do it, right? And you can say that no matter who you are. You can never have sold a home before and, and, and tell a seller that, and then over communicate with them, touch them, you know, multiple times a week, do whatever you have to do to deliver on that promise. But, uh, but just, just telling them how excited you are to have it, I think is, is huge. And I think, can I, can I go into the, uh, the experienced agent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's, let's talk about that. What 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 should the big agent do so that they don't they don't lose out to the the new eager guy on the block? <laughs> so I realized this a little while back, and this was kind of an kind of an exciting kind of an exciting thing to to figure out. You know, I've I've given our presentation. I have no idea how many times. Right? I know the numbers. I know the presentation. You know, I even know how to, how to read, I can read the client, try to figure out which part of the presentation they really care about. But there was one thing that I was missing. And that was before I went into all of that, sitting down with them and getting a good understanding for what they're actually trying to do. And I missed that for a long time. And it's something as simple as showing up, saying, hey, let's talk for a little bit. I want to get a good idea on what you're trying to accomplish here. Where are you trying to go? Why do you, why do you want to get there? You know, what's in Florida, what's in Iowa or wherever, wherever they're going, you know, or maybe they're moving local. If you can figure out what the why is behind their move. And even if it's just a simple thing, we want a bigger house, you know, you can still figure out what that is. And as the bigger agent, it humanizes you. You know, you're not just showing up to say, I'm the best. Here's why sign the listing paperwork, right? You can go into, you know, you don't have to, sellers aren't necessarily looking for a best friend. And I think too many agents try to build the rapport around something that has nothing to do with the house sale. What they want to know is that you actually care about why they're moving and what the goals are, where they've got to go. And since since I've sort of switched things around 
and start with that, everything else through the process is so much easier. And, you know, I think at that point, if, if a smaller agent, you know, or a, you know, a smaller team or whatever the case is, somebody tried to say, well, Hey, you know, to them, you're just a number. If they've been through that discussion with me, they understand that they're not just a number. And I think the, the critical thing is that as agents, you know, we, we, we do care, right. But clients don't know that unless you tell them. And it's really easy to just get caught into your cycle of, yep, this is my presentation. I'm awesome. Here's my numbers. Here's why, you know, and, and not show them that other side. I mean, you, you, it's, it's just good old fashioned, you know, give a shit, but letting them know that you do right. Otherwise they're, they're gonna, they're gonna believe that idea that, well, I'm, I'm just a number to them. And, and it's, you know, it's, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a person. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a, a goal that, that we're trying to hit. You know, I'm, I'm just one more in their, in their machine. Yeah. I think, I think it's important to establish that, that expertise that you really make the seller know that you are an expert, but you have to be a friendly expert, right? An expert that, that, that cares. But if you, if you, if you don't establish that, that expertise and, and you kind of let them take, take, take over the meeting, the, the conversation and, and, and you don't authoritatively really, you know, connect with them and position yeah. yourself as that expert. It's, it's kind of hard to, to recover. And I think, I think a lot of, a lot of listing agents go in there and, and just, hit on rapport and hit on rapport. And then they're never really in a position to, to be that expert. So you kind of, I think that the big agent really needs to, to establish themselves as both, because as a bigger agent, your competitor is not, you know, it's, it's not like other big agents. Typically your competitor, usually their past realtor that, that does a few deals a year, their friend's cousin, their, you know, family yeah. member does a few deals a year. So you, you have to, you have to show them that while you, while you're the expert, you know, this, this is why you care about them. And, and this is, this is why you develop the systems that you do. Right. You know, if you come in and, and, and just try to compete on being a friend, uh, it's, it's not going to work for no a lot of sellers because they, they've got, they've got other agents that are, that they're friends with in some shape or form. Yeah. They, they want to know that you're a real person, you know, that you're not just there to get paperwork signed and, and, you know, and put them through a, put them through a system. But I mean, it's just like with any client, you know, if, uh, if they've got the reins and they're able to run with it, then it's, it's a mess, right? You're the expert. You've got to have control over the process. And so I completely agree. You know, you, if, if you can establish that up front and say, all right, tell me about your goals, right? You know, we're not necessarily talking about, you know, oh, my kid plays soccer too, you know? Um, I mean, that's fine, but you don't need to spend a half hour on that, you know, figure out what they're, what they're really trying to accomplish. And then, you know, as you, as you go through the rest of, of your consultation, you know, your presentation, your paperwork, your book, whatever you got, focus 
that presentation on how it's going to get them to where that goal was. Because again, I think in most cases, they're going to hear the same presentation over and over. And if your presentation is, is focused on, you know, getting them where they need to go or selling fast or, you know, getting the highest proceeds or whatever that, whatever that number is going to be, then, you know, it, it shows them that you were listening and that you've got a plan specific to them. And I think that's going to be more important, you know, than the, uh, the friend from church angle. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, uh, you know, these are all great points that, 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 uh, that, you know, any agent out there can use to, to go get more business by, by winning a higher percentage of the listing leads and, and prospects that, that you have. So, you know, encourage all of you guys to listening uh, to really take what Michael has been saying to heart. This has been great advice. We're almost out of time, unfortunately. Before we end, though, I always like doing the hyper fast round with our guests, if you are ready. All right. All right. What, uh, what's the biggest piece of advice you'd give to a real estate agent starting out right now? Starting out right now, tune out most things that people in your office have to tell you, you know, take, take in good things and, you know, what you consume is what you're going to put back out there in the world. And so, you know, take in good information, you know, take in, uh, you know, whether it's books or, or whatever, find somebody that legitimately knows what they're talking about. You know, even new agents, you know, find a coaching program, you know, where you can get information that you know is legit and isn't coming from the person that, you know, that, you know, has been in the business 30 years, but isn't, uh, isn't maybe the person that, that you should be taking your beginning of career advice from. Yeah, I think, I think that's a great piece of advice. What, what is the biggest challenge you've had in the business and how'd you overcome it? So for, so for me personally or for our team? For, uh, for you personally. Yeah. Me personally. I think a lot of it is, is trying to create a balance. So I've got, I've got two kids, um, eight and nine. And, um, you know, I remember, I remember counting at one point years ago, I think it was like 160 days in a row that I worked and, uh, and it was miserable, awful. And, you know, there, there has to be, you know, the, there, there has to be some time set aside for family. If you, if you have nothing left in the tank for them, you know, that's, that's a constant struggle, right? It's not something I've figured out necessarily, but um, if you have nothing left in the tank for them, it's going to make everything else miserable. And so, you know, set some boundaries if you can, you know, I started telling, you know, telling clients that uh, when my kids were really little, Hey, you know, I've got, uh, I got bath time starting at seven. So if you need something, shoot me a text. I'll get back to you once I get the kids to bed. Something like that. Any, any boundaries you can create um, to give yourself some of that time with family, I think is, is a big deal. I think I'm still working on that one. I, I think, I think we all are, but I think that's a great piece of advice. Uh, a lot of people, um, you know, unfor- unfortunately, don't don't do and and I think they they do it out of fear, but I th- I think in most cases your clients are gonna respect that. Like I don't think they want you to give them advice on negotiating 
a listing, you know, an offer that came in when you're in the middle of bath time. So, right. um, yeah. so that's, that's, that's a great, great one. Uh, what do you think is the biggest mistake your typical, you know, experienced agent makes that, that you've seen over the years and, and what do they do to correct that? So this may not be exactly what you're looking for, but this is kind of a soapbox thing for me. Read the contract. I can't tell you how many agents are giving their clients really bad advice because they have no idea what the contract actually says. <laughs> and it's not that hard to figure out. You know, I mean, nobody really, you don't learn it when you take the Mosley class or whatever, whatever real estate school you go to, but you can read it. If you can pass the test, you can read the contract. You can go to your broker, I guess, if you have a question, but it's, it's a pet peeve of mine, you know, and it's something that, you know, agents on our team, we make sure that they can present the contract. They know what it is just because if, if you go through the contract and all you know how to do is plug in three, three, three on the home inspection addendum, because that's what somebody told you at one point, you know, at, at some point it's going to come back to bite you, you know, or, you know, there's, we're supposed to be advising our clients on how to navigate these things. And if we don't know what the, what the hell it says, I have no idea how you can feel comfortable doing that. You know, you, we talked about earlier, you have to be the expert. I mean, it's got to at least start there. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. Most contract questions that broker, that brokers get can, can be answered by reading the contract. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. It's a silly thing, but. No, that's a great one. Uh, good point. So agents out there listening, read the contract. Uh, it'll, 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 it'll serve you well. And it's, it's almost dangerous actually to answer a contract question without looking at the contract. Cause yeah, you, know, you don't it's not like you memorize it word for word. Most people anyway. So I want to change it twice a year at least. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, two more questions here. Okay. If you're not selling real estate, what do you, what are you normally doing? Where would we, where would we find you? If it's, if it's warm out, I try to be on the boat. I just sold my boat. So hopefully I'll have a replacement. And if it's cold out, my son and I are usually skiing. Awesome. Uh, last one. Where do you see yourself in five years? Still doing, still doing real estate. I, uh, I'd like to create a lot more opportunity for the people that work for us now and for some of these new folks that we'll be hiring. And so I'd like to be out of production, um, giving that opportunity to, uh, to them. But I think that's, that's kind of the fun part of, of where I think we're going is, uh, is spending more time instead of putting it into clients, putting it into agents so that they can then go out and, and do the same thing, give clients that, that different experience. So. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on this episode. Before we wrap up, can you remind all our listeners out there what areas you serve and, and let us know as well how, how they should connect with you or how they can connect with you if they, if they want to. For sure. So we're based in Stafford, Virginia. We're a little south of DC. And so uh, Stafford, Prince William, Fredericksburg, Spotsylvania counties, that's kind of our our core home base. Um, and so we're right south of Quantico. A ton of our business comes from military folks coming in and out of Quantico and Pentagon folks that don't want to be maybe quite as far north as 
as you guys are. And so uh, you can find us at gillisteam.com. And uh, it's probably the best place to go. Facebook, um, facebook.com slash gillisteam. So yeah, we're uh, just, just south, just south of you guys, but we don't over overlap a whole lot. All right. Well, thank you for being on this episode. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and watching, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, man. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyperfat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyperfat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests and improve our shows. So give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.